You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, good morning, My Victory Church. So good to see your faces. All of them. So good. We say that so, so good to see your face. We say that so nonchalantly all the time. And then, and then now it's like, no, we really mean it. So good. Welcome to everyone that's joining us online, wherever you guys are around the world. Give them a big hand. We have reached 23 different nations, five different continents as of a couple weeks ago. I don't know what, I haven't got their latest, but I want to say hi to Patty. Good to see you and Jen and, and Berkeley and Brooklyn. We got uh, Jen, 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 Linda um, and, and Carson's on there. Anthony's on there. Uh, so good. That's awesome to see all of you. One church in five physical locations. Let's welcome everyone that's joining us in Tabor, Claire's home, Okotoks, Lloyd Minster, Lethbridge. So good. For part two of our series, uh, we've entitled uh, Songs of Summer. And in this series, we are releasing, every single week, we're releasing a brand new song written in this house um, for this house. And, and these songs are not, we don't want you to just listen to this series or to these songs just with your physical ears. We want you to hear them with your spiritual ears as well. Because I believe that music and worship and songwriting is, is a prophetic tool. And when we started writing these songs, we wrote these songs throughout COVID. And, and during uh, the whole COVID season. And, and I felt like just as I'm writing, I was like, there's a different depth to these songs than any that we've written before. And you're going to see that. And I felt like the depth in this th- thing is uh, there's such, such a prophetic edge to these It's not just speaking to, to what people are going through have gone through in the past, but also speaking to where we're going in the future and where, where personally you're going, where God is leading all of us. If you've got a relationship with him, where he's leading you personally, where he's leading your family, where he's leading us as a church. And, and this message and this song today is, is no different. I think it's going to speak to many of you. I had so many people just say to me on the way out after the first service, it's like you're in my head and you're speaking right to me. I'd like to take credit for that stuff. I'm not that good or that creepy. Just saying, um, I would like, I, it's what Holy Spirit is speaking to us, to all of us, not just, just one of you. If you're going through something, you're not the only one. If you're needing a word from God, you're not the only one. God is speaking something to us. And so listen to, to these things with your spiritual ears. I really need, um, Shay, I need my notes up here. For, I'm, I'm going to sing it as well with my soul. Otherwise, um, and that would cause everyone to to leave. There we go. I forgot what the name of the song was. I'm just kidding. We're releasing a brand new song today uh, entitled Peace. And peace is, I don't know if you're from the 60s. It was the slang. um, Did I do that the right direction? I don't know. Um, But it's, it was slang there. It's, it's something that we read about in the Bible, something we talk about. Or we're saying, I just want peace in this situation, all the rest of it. But when, whenever the Bible mentions the word peace, we say it so flippantly, we, we miss the power of, of, of its meaning a lot of times. But whenever the word peace is mentioned in the Bible, the translation of that word is nothing missing, nothing broken. Now, in our circumstances, and especially those of us who are Christians, we have this, maybe we don't speak it out loud, but we have this thinking 
inside of us, innately built inside of us, that when we become Christians and God followers, that we should just automatically, life should just become automatically easier or better and that, that we would escape all storms and all trials and all, all those circumstances. And, and if you're, you know, if maybe someone talked to you about becoming a Christian, hey, become a Christian because then your life is going to get all better. Anybody discover that? You, the moment you accepted God, you never faced a storm again? Anybody here? It, you, like, you became a Christian and never had any troubles anymore? No. Nobody in the Bible either. <laughs> right? But maybe you haven't thought that way, but I bet you've thought about it this way, that when you go through a storm or go through a trial, any of you think, I've missed God, or thought, where is God? How come he's not helping? How come he's not bailing out? Or I've missed God and he's, where, God's not here. Anybody thought that? Come on, let's just be honest. All, like a lot of us. And we think, we automatically think, what we're innately saying is that we're saying, we shouldn't have trouble if we're God followers. But that's not at all when the Bible talks about nothing missing, nothing broken. When it talks about peace, and Jesus promised in me, you'll have peace. He wasn't promising nothing missing, nothing broken in the circumstances around us. He was talking about something else. And in fact, uh, Paul would later say this. Paul the Apostle, who got trained by, by Peter, by the way. And, and so the disciples, first disciples, trained them and thought this. And Peter said this as well. But when they described peace and they began to teach the early church about peace, they would say something like, And the peace of God that passes all understanding will be in your Hearts, And they, what they're saying is the peace of God, the nothing missing, nothing broken, what passes all of what is normal thinking here, in, in, meaning you're going to go through circumstances where you shouldn't have peace, but something, there's a peace that just goes beyond comprehension here, and it will dwell in your hearts. Well, how did they learn that? Well, one of the ways that Peter learned it is in the story that we're going to read today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Um, it's a, a very familiar story. I'm going to pick it up in verse 22. It's a story of Jesus walking on the water. Now, when Jesus walked on the water, uh, that's a, a remarkable miracle. But there is so much in this story that I want to pull apart today that, that is going to help us with circumstances. And it's going to speak to us because we've kind of been through a storm. Maybe you've gone through a storm personally. But if not, we've kind of been through the entire world has kind of gone through a bit of chaos called COVID and, and pandemics and economic stuff and all jobs and like the tension has just been uh, unusual. And if, I don't know if you have felt the same as I have felt in this way, but I have struggled in this last year and a half more than ever to fight for that internal peace. Am I the only one? So I think there's something we can learn how Jesus taught Peter and the disciples, how to fight for that peace so that we can have incredible, incredible peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. All right, let's pick it up in verse 22. It says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Immediately, immediately after what? Well, right before this, Jesus did the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible and that story, Jesus had, five, it says 5,000 men. So we can assume there's probably a crowd of 15,000 plus 
um, around him, gathered around him on the side of the hill, listening to him, following, listening to him speak. I mean, that, that's a, quite a crowd, and they, he would just, they were with him all day, and they would travel from all over the nation just to be around Jesus. He was that cool. And, and they didn't want to just leave. And so the disciples were like, we got to send these guys home. And Jesus was like, no, no, they, they, you know, we don't want to send them away. And he did miracles and healings, all the rest of it. And he says, well, they're hungry. And he says, okay. So Jesus instructed his disciples, gather as much food as you can find, and let's see if we can feed the people. Well, all they could find was a, a couple of fish and a few loaves of, of bread. And, and that was it. And, and they're like, well, we can't feed a crowd like this. And Jesus said, no, no, no. sit all the people down. Prepare them for the meal, and he prayed over the food, and they started distributing the food, the fish and, and the bread, and they fed the entire crowd, 15,000 plus, the entire crowd, and had 12 baskets of leftovers left over. I mean, an amazing miracle. I mean, you can imagine the disciples who were part of this whole thing, participating in this whole miracle, are just probably the entire time just this is, this is amazing, incredible. Well, immediately after that, look at this, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Who made them get into the boat? Jesus did. He sent them ahead to the other side and he dismissed the crowd. This is late evening. So then let's continue on. It says, after he had dismissed them, he went on ahead to the mountain by himself to pray. Okay, so while Peter and the disciples are rowing, Jesus went up on the mountain and prayed. Okay, this, this is key. Peter and disciples are rowing. Jesus went by himself to pray, to refuel and to, and to pray. And then it says this. Later that night, okay, when, when he, was, he was there alone, Jesus was on the mountain alone, and the boat was already at a considerable distance from the shore, okay, from, from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So what happens is, these disciples, they get into the boat. They're experienced on water. They're, I mean, Peter, John, James, John, all, all, they've been fishermen their entire life, raised as, as fishermen. They get into the boat and they start to cross the lake and a storm comes up, okay? And, and they, they got into the storm. Now, what, which is it's key for us to see here because this is a storm they got into because of obedience, You need to see this because immediately, the, the time that we face unsettledness or a storm or we're going through something, we automatically begin to question and saying, we miss God or, or where's God or, or how, come, how come this is happening to me? I don't deserve this. God, where are you? But sometimes, there's, and this is Jesus' is teaching, that sometimes we get into storms because we're in the right spot. The storm, you get into a storm like this, the storm you experience on the sea will cause you to second guess what you heard on the shore. I wonder if they, the disciples looked at each other and was like, did Jesus really tell us? He made us, remember, Peter, you, you told, no, no, Jesus told us to go. He made us go, remember? Well, why are we facing this storm? Jesus was trying to teach them something that he's about to teach them something that is remarkable because the rest of their lives, they were going to face trouble and storms and opposition. And Jesus is trying to teach them something through this. So what is he trying to teach them? Look at this. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. That's weird. That's highly unusual, right? 
Water not supposed to be walked on. Okay, shortly before dawn. Now watch this. This is the timing. They fed the 5,000 about supper time. At evening time, we, we just, the writer, Matthew, said this. At evening time, they got into the boat and they, they head to the other side. Now what it says on the, the, you know, it says shortly before dawn, other translations say in the fourth watch, which is three or four o'clock in the morning. Regardless of what time it is or how long, they have been rowing for hours. Hours. And Jesus went out to them walking. I, I, you can't miss this. Because where was Jesus before this? Jesus went up the mountainside to pray, right? Peter and the disciples had been rowing all night, and it took them hours to get to what took Jesus minutes to walk to. That's the power of prayer. That sometimes you're going to work for days, hours, months to get to the place where God can get you in moments. So we pray. It's a great place to say amen. Come on. That's why we pray. This, Jesus is teaching them something. Now look at this. Watch this. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake. Okay. When they saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, and they said, it is a ghost. Okay. They, and they cried out in fear. Watch. They had just spent all day with Jesus watching him teach. This is their best friend. This is their mentor. This is, their, this is, this is God. They, they know who he is. And in the midst of the storm, he's walking towards them, and they don't recognize him. Physically, they don't recognize him. They say, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. Listen, listen. They physically were with Jesus, and if they couldn't recognize Jesus in the storm, sometimes it's going to be difficult for you and I to recognize God in a storm. Because a lot of times, listen to me carefully, God shows up differently than we expect him to. We learned this last week. We expect an earthquake. We expect fire. We expect wind. We expect power. And he comes in a still small whisper. Still God. We expect him to open doors. Sometimes he closes doors. Still God. Right? Sometimes in the middle of a storm, especially in the middle of the storm, it's difficult to recognize God. The disciples didn't recognize Jesus in the midst of the storm. Now watch what Jesus does. But Jesus immediately said to them, immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. What I find fascinating about this is, is that Jesus didn't immediately address the storm. That would have been nice. They're still rowing, fighting the waves. That would have been nice if Jesus addressed it. He didn't address the storm. The first thing Jesus addresses is their fear. Didn't address the storm. He addressed their fear. First thing he says is, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. The truth is, is fear will sink you. And the truth is, is God is more concerned about what's happening within you than he is about what's happening around you. He's concerned about what's going on around you too. But he's most concerned about what's happening within you. And God's more concerned about your character than your comfort. Just let that hang there for a second. The most dangerous thing 
wasn't the storm, according to Jesus. The most dangerous thing was their fear. The most dangerous thing isn't the doctor's diagnosis of cancer. The more dangerous thing, the thing to really fight for, is for peace. And to attack fear. The most dangerous thing of the last year and a half wasn't COVID. It's what's happening inside of us. The most dangerous thing isn't what's going on economically or with your business. The most dangerous thing is what's happening inside. Now, God cares about all of that, too, and he deals with all of that, too. And we'll see in a moment. Jesus does address the storm. But the first thing he addresses, and this is so key, the first thing he addresses is their fear. Watch. I love this next part. Lord, if it's you, still not convinced, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. At which point I'm thinking the other 11 are looking at him like sideways going, excuse me, what? God, if it's you, if it's you tell me to come on the water. <laughs> Watch. Peter was raised as a fisherman's son. He, he was raised as a fisherman. He had been on the water his entire life. And I guarantee you, in all of that time, he never thought about walking on it. He'd been around water his entire life. He was familiar with water, but he never thought about walking on it until he met a leader who showed him it was possible. Here's another principle you can't miss. We need exposure to the impossible being made possible. Sometimes we need to see miracles to have faith for miracles. That's why we do testimonies and hear stories and, and, and share those stories in church and our prayer time, all the rest of it is, yeah, we want to celebrate you with you when you have a miracle and God has broken through and, and answered your prayers in miraculous ways. But when he does that, there's others in this room that see that what God answered your prayer and it gives them faith and courage that he's going to answer their prayer. And sometimes we need exposure to the impossible and being made possible in order to see that with God, God, all things are possible and, with, and, and all things are possible to them who believe. Sometimes we just need exposure. And we need, listen, we need to be people that believe that all things are possible with our God because we have a world around us that needs to see it's possible to have joy despite circumstances, to have peace that passes all understanding. That when they're going through storms, they can look at you and saying, how can you have so much peace when all this is going around you? And they're going, then you can say, let me tell you about my friend, Jesus, and he made it possible. And I don't know, it doesn't make sense up here, and I see the same storm. But, but what, something I know in here is that I have a peace that passes all understanding and a joy that is strength. And we need to be people that can demonstrate the power, the amazing power of our God. Because sometimes people just need exposure. Peter never thought about walking on water until he saw Jesus do it. And then he said, if it's you, can I come too? And Jesus didn't say to Peter, no, 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 Peter, I'm God, you're not. 
Like, I can do this? Dude, no. Look what Jesus says. Come! Oh, what? I think Jesus, listen, you got a picture. I think Jesus was so excited, like, yeah, come, 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 come. So Peter gets out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. We always talk about this miracle as Jesus walking on water. Listen, you got to get this. Two people walked on water that night. And by the way, whenever you read a Bible story, the principle's in it. Just insert yourself in it. And just a hint, you're never Jesus. Whenever you read the story, insert yourself in the story, you're not him. I'm not him. In this situation, we're Peter. Or we're the 11 in the boat. But regardless, regardless, Peter walked on the water. He became a water walker. Wow, I'd like, can you imagine that first step? You're stepping out of the boat. That first step is like, ah, like, wow. He got out of the boat. He walked on water. And while we look at this and go, that's amazing, that's amazing. Listen, Peter just wasn't being brave. He was being obedient. And if you're going to be a water walker, you need to be willing to move on a simple invitation of come. Now, where had Jesus been all night? Praying. Where had Peter been all night? Rowing. The problem was is that Peter tried to do what Jesus did without preparing like Jesus prepared. Because watch what happens next. And when he saw the wind, it's kind of like saying, you know, a sailor seeing the wind, he'd been rowing against it all night. It wasn't new. It's kind of like saying to those of us in Lethbridge, when they saw the wind, I love watching all the reports from Florida in hurricane season, and they're saying, standing out, the reporter's standing out there, and they're just like, the wind's like 80 miles an hour. And I'm like, yeah, that was Tuesday. (laughs) Peter Peter wasn't unused to the wind. He'd been rowing against it all night. When he saw the wind, this is the problem. Wasn't the wind wasn't the problem. The storm wasn't the problem. This is the problem. He was afraid and began to sink. Fear will sink you. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Watch, 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 watch. We're Peter in the story. Watch this. Peter didn't lose vision. He lost focus. He was walking on the water, focused on Jesus, and got distracted by the storm started paying more attention to the storm than to Jesus. Any of the rest of you struggle with that? I do. I can focus on Jesus and believe for healing for you like nobody's business. But the moment I have pain in my body, 
Anybody else? It's a little bit harder to have faith, isn't it? I can focus on miracles and the God of the impossible and believe for your healing, for your breakthrough. I can believe that. But the moment that I'm in the midst of the storm, I struggle with focus. And Peter, in the midst of the storm, was walking on water. And when he got distracted by the storm and lost focus, that's when he began to sink. So you got to get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes on Jesus. Now watch this. He cried out, Lord, save me. And you think this is, how, this is how our theology is, mine and yours. We just admitted at the beginning of the message, I set you up, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we think if we get into the midst of the storm, we get into trouble, that God's not going to rescue us because we got ourselves into that trouble. We don't deserve the rescue. We didn't do this. And, and he cries out, Lord, save me. Watch what Jesus did. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. That's, that's our Jesus. You can get yourself in your own stinking fear and your own stinking doubt and your own, your own unbelief and your, your disobedience and you can cry out and don't think, I don't deserve Jesus to rescue me in the midst of all this. I've been, I've been doing this and da, da, da. And you can start to sink and Jesus will still immediately reach out and catch you. <laughs> watch, watch. And says, you have little faith. He said, why'd you doubt? I've always read this verse as a rebuke. But I, I, I see it differently now. Because this is such a weird story. Like, did Jesus walk on water to show off? Like, what was his purpose of walking on water? I'm going to show you what I can, look what I can do. Is that what Jesus did? No, no, no. He did this for a purpose, to show his disciples something. To give them exposure to something they needed to see and they needed to learn. And I don't think because of that, I don't think Jesus was, was rebuking Peter because he started to think, sink. I think Jesus said it this way. Look, Peter, your little faith. Did you see what you just did? I saw you. You were walking. You're a water walker. You were doing this. Your little faith got you this far. Why did you doubt you were doing it? See, when you teach your little child to ride a bicycle and they start doing it and then they fall, do you rebuke them for the fall or do you celebrate the 10 feet that they made it? You did it. You got it. You can do this. That's what Jesus was saying. Peter, your little faith got you this far. And I, this is me inserting this because Jesus didn't think this as opposed to those still sitting in the boat with no faith. So come on. Are you the water walker or are you the boat sitter? Because sometimes we just got to get out of the boat have some faith to walk do the impossible watch this story concludes this way when they climbed into the boat the wind died down the storm didn't stop when Jesus walked on the water the storm didn't stop when Jesus showed up 
He was trying to teach Peter how to walk in the midst of the storm. When they got in the boat, demonstration over. Learned your lesson. Storm over. Huh. It says that then those that were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him. Then those, then, those who were in the, the 11 in the boat, still sitting there, worshipped after the storm quit. Not in the midst of the storm. If you're going to be a water walker, you got to be a worshiper in the storm. Not after the storm, in the storm. So watch, what did Peter learn? Well, Jesus, in, in case Peter missed it, at the end of Jesus' life, John 16, he's about to be arrested and he's trained them now for three years and he's just reiterating and saying the most important things. And this is what Jesus said to all of his disciples. This is after all of his miracles, all of his walking on water, raising Lazarus from the dead, healing the sick, all that, feeding the 5,000, all that's happened. This is, what, this is what Jesus said to them. He says, I've told you these things and I've demonstrated these things so that in me you may have, there's our word, peace. Nothing missing Nothing broken. I have demonstrated all of these things for you. Peter, I walked on the water. You walked on the water with me. I demonstrated all of that so that in me you would have peace. And just in case they missed it, he says, because in the world you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And did Peter learn? Yeah, because in Acts chapter 3, the first launch of the church... Peter gets arrested. And he's by the same people that arrested and killed Jesus. And they sentence Peter to death. And he's in prison with a death sentence. And the next morning, he's going to be executed. And what does Peter do? Acts chapter 4, he sleeps. He falls asleep. It's his last night on earth. And he falls asleep to such a degree, just not nodding off gently, to such a degree an angel had to wake him up after he loosed the chains on him and said, dude, do you want out? <laughs> I think Peter learned how to have peace in the storm. Jesus overcame. Peter got released. And then, Paul, and then he trained Paul. And Paul said this. He said this in Philippians 4. Don't be anxious about anything. Anything. Any diagnosis. Any trouble in, in the marriage. Any, any struggles financially. Any business troubles. He says, in anything. Don't be anxious. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And God will deliver you from all the storm, from all the trouble. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. It says, pray in the midst of every situation. Have thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace 
of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your circumstances? No, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Regardless of the circumstances, even in the chaos, his peace still surround me. There's power in prayer. Where was Jesus all night? Praying. In the midst of the storm, walked on water. And with, where did, when did Peter walk on water? With his eyes on Jesus. With our eyes on Jesus, we will become water walkers too. Exceptional. Being exceptional doesn't mean you're not going to walk through the same storms. It just means that you're going to come through the storm differently than everybody else. And here's today's takeaway. Our peace isn't dependent on our circumstances. It's dependent on our focus. So keep our eyes on Jesus. And, and, and for, for all of us in this circumstance, we've been through seasons. You might be going through a season. I don't know where you are, but I want you to know, listen, in the midst of the, this season, keep your, get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Focus, focus, focus. Don't get distracted by the circumstances, by the storm around you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you, if, you, if you read the scriptures and you read the Bible from the front to the back is stories of God in the midst of circumstances bringing peace. Look at, look at, you can enter a fiery furnace and not even come out of it, not even smelling like smoke. You can enter a prison like Joseph did and come out the next day a prime minister. You can enter a whale like Jonah did and come out on dry land. You can enter a tomb like Jesus did and come out a resurrected Savior. You can enter a lion's den and come out whole. Even in the chaos. Even in the chaos. You can still have peace. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for modeling this for us. God, we want to see it. Lord, I pray that we'd see the, the, the possible from the impossible. We thank you, God, that, that you would help our hearts to see and believe and to get this in Jesus' name. We got our eyes on you. Help us to focus our eyes on you even more in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, listen, having a relationship with Jesus doesn't make you exempt from trouble. But what it does, what he does promise is he promises you peace in spite of circumstances. And if you're looking for that peace, all you need to do is begin a relationship with him. And that's not having a relationship with him. It's not joining a church. It's not joining a religion. It's, it's a personal relationship between you and him. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer that's, that's going to invite him into relationship. And if you pray this prayer for the first time and you mean it, right here, right now, you can begin a relationship with Jesus. Your circumstances might not change, but everything inside you changes. There's a peace that passes all understanding. So let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, my friend. I thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs and for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name.
amen. I'm gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, you meant to, would you just boldly raise up your hand, give me a little wave and saying, yeah, pastor, I prayed this prayer for the first time. I wanna begin a relationship with Jesus. If you prayed this prayer the first time and you're watching online, just click like on the I've Decided comment in the messages below. We'd love to reach out to you and give you a Bible. And those in the room, if you pray this prayer the first time, just go into the lobby and, and, and at the, the tables in the lobby, if you need a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible, our free gift to you as well. I'll look around one more time, make sure I didn't miss anyone. Awesome, isn't God good? Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv.